Tell me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender neutral terms. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Why a hello and a howdy. We're so very glad to see you. Cause we're getting kind of rowdy and we've got a lot to say. And we're gonna try and do our very best to entertain you. And we hope you'll be delighted by the time you go away. That's pretty exciting, right, Omega? Indeed. Yeah, right. HIAC talk radio is always exciting. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Thank you, broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Can I just say, it delights me uh, to see the Brooklyn Nets struggle so much. <laughs> because you know the the Sixers weren't projected last year to do anything. They're gonna, they'll be all right, and then you know the false hope, but they'll be all right. Nobody predicted the Sixers to do anything. On the other hand, there's this big, big, big thing about Brooklyn, and to see it all fall apart, and Ben Simmons standing in the middle watching it all crumble around him just does my heart get. Um, did you see the meme I shared the other day of uh, Ben Simmons missing the fish? Yes. And I sent that to my friend who's a Warriors fan, and congratulations again, Ralph. What are you doing? Um, that just to make him laugh because he's always breaking my balls about Philly uh, in a in a in a funny Fair manner. Enough. He's not yeah. like fuck Philly. You know, he's just like. Uh, but I sent him to that, and he just replied with uh, laughing faces because remember that time Ben Simmons missed this whole whole lake. <laughs> he just <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Oh man, it's so awesome! Welcome to HIC Talk Radio. Uh, Craig Lagans is here. Oh, I'm sorry, there. I'm over here, and uh, and we're talking wrestling. I, I don't know if you know this. This is a pro wrestling podcast, Craig. Yes, uh, despite yeah. our many other topics that we discuss fully and in great detail, this is a wrestling podcast. Well, maybe if Stadium Journey lets me talk about more sports, which is what we did today, you could follow that the HIC Talk Radio Network on your podcast app like in HIC Talk Radio Network, and you'll find it, or whatever I just said. Just listen to the first time I said it; you'll find it. Um, we talked about gambling and sports, uh, and the point that maybe Pete Rhodes, because of all the gambling, will be let back in, and everybody's like, "Nah, probably not." <laughs> Pete Rose like, and I've said and I've said this on many other forums, but I'll, this is the first time I can't believe it's the first time I'm saying it on this forum. Pete Rose, gentlemen and ladies, will go in the Hall of Fame after his death. Yes, that's basically what. Yes, correct. That's what everybody agreed with. Uh, but here we are talking wrestling in a very exciting. I thought not a bad weekend in wrestling. First of all, if you could move all your shows to Saturday. I might be more inclined to watch him because technically it's still a work day for me and to get home in the early afternoon and have plenty of time to watch the, uh, the, uh, was it premium live event? Yeah. Um, <laughs> not, no longer pay-per-view. It's premium. Uh, live. Well, I mean, it's not, I mean, it, it's finally correct. You know, mm-hmm. I get it. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm down with that. I, I would give them more chances again. Uh, AW, WWE, make it a Saturday thing. Uh, I remember when Road Wild or Hog, it was called Hog Wild that one time. Yes. Mm-hmm. But Road Wild was uh, 
Saturday, Saturday preview. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you do this Sunday. I'm like, got to go to bed, got to go to school. Mm-hmm. And you know, on Saturday, I'm old. <laughs> I would like to <laughs> not do anything. So if you could do that, it'd be great. And I, fr- frankly, I want to say of all the dumb things I've seen, like Vince McMahon still not going home. Uh, to see it called something else other than a pay-per-view after it hasn't been a pay-per-view technically in years. Sure. But speaking of said premium live event. Until the very end, I thought Money Back uh, generally was a fun show. I, I give it a B, I give it a B, B minus. Not a bad show. Not a bad show indeed. And it really shows, Dan, how far we've fallen because usually uh, after a pay-per-view, we can't wait to talk about that you know after pay-per-view it's like oh we know well we know what we're talking about uh this weekend on the hiac talk radio network because we just had a pay-per-view so that's all uh haven't had that buzz in a while i haven't had that it's like oh what do we want to talk about even though pay-per-view just went by uh this pay-per-view uh was uh a step up from what uh was usually um their usual fare um very entertaining matches um and it was um, even even had me guessing on who would actually win uh, money in the bank uh, on both for for both sexes. Um, but uh, a very good show. And I had to to uh, admit and come clean. I'm not that I'm in the minority because I've never uh, derided this this wrestler. I've never uh, gave that much attention but apparently Liv Morgan winning not only Money in the Bank and cashing in on defeating Ronda Rousey, becoming the first non-four horsewoman to ever beat Ronda Rousey in the WWE. Brilliant, by the way. Apparently that is the biggest thing in uh, that happened this weekend to a great deal of people. Uh, the, the pot, now I've been paying attention to Liv's rise. You only live once uh, and everything and her uh, ascension, and the I Jersey been, girl, I, baby, Jersey yeah, girl. I, I and she'll always get my you know undying support for that. But I didn't know the uh, the pop she was getting and how fans were backing her. And again, her winning and it was all over social media on every platform, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Uh, fans' reaction and the the reaction she got on. Uh, on Monday, the you deserve a chance, everything. I have to be honest with you, HIAC Talk Radio fans, I've missed all that. I had no idea <laughs> how there, uh, was a, there was a little pocket of uh, know-it-alls that thought maybe everybody, there was a lot of majority people to explain that are having a good time with Liv Morgan, and of course you have those dirty old men that are like <laughs> and then uh, but then you have the uh, the fans that were genuinely excited for them. And then that other corner of the internet were like, because people are having a good time about it. They were like, she sucks. She sucks. And of course, as you know, on Twitter mm-hmm. and other social media, the loudest, the ones that are allowed to be the loudest are the negative ones. Right. And uh, you have a good, you have a good radar of ignoring that crap mm-hmm. uh, because well, I have a better job doing it now because I have better things to do, like make money. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm on social media much less than I used to be. Mm-hmm. So it was deserved in that way. You didn't see it because you are usually preoccupied uh, because most of these people have never been late. 
uh, <laughs> especially to like a beautiful woman like Liv Morgan. Um, yes. So in that way, I saw a lot of people who have been taking a lot of flack from trolls and shitty people on Twitter and, and Facebook mm-hmm. rejoice, go, fuck you. She won. And as far as I'm concerned, deserved, especially what a big deal it was that she went over on Ronda Rousey. So because separating Ronda Rousey as a person, because I'm, I'm cool. I don't It's like Brock Lesnar as a person. Okay. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know it. Mm, whatever. Do, do with or without. As a character, it is this person built up from her MMA career where she was a total badass set for that one time, maybe twice. Mm-hmm. I can't remember because I never watched one MMA event. Uh, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> um, to go over on that was incredible, especially, as you said, not predictable. This was one of the least predictable shows in a long time, in my opinion. Uh, and I, so I'm just happy that people are happy for a change about it. Yeah. You know, I'm not invested like that in Liv Morgan. I didn't know if she was a Jersey girl until about three weeks ago. So then I jumped on. I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? Jersey rock. <laughs> Jersey black yeah. rock. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Chuck Malden. Um, I will say, though, I was I was a fan of the green tongue Liv Morgan because I thought the riot squad should have been the female shield. Correct. When she was part of that group. Correct. And they just had him job week after week to the Bella twins. And I was like, what the fuck is that for? If you bring these ladies in and they look great, they all can wrestle great. You can have a badass heel squad, you know, a shield. Like I said, a female version of the shield, which you've never had. And they blew it. Um, obviously Ruby and, and live and um, the third one, the third member whose name escapes me, forgive me, um, left the squirtle. Oh, Sarah uh, Logan. Yes. Wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, left entirely, but I mean, that, the reason why we forgot. Yeah. But the, they, they, they had a gold mine there and just put this on the list of the hundred other great ideas that the WWE had and squandered or, you know, didn't, give any time to or didn't give uh enough uh so i applaud live because she was always my favorite member of that squad um of the riot squad and i could have done a lot with her then so kudos to liz to live rather for coming through and um and winning i said the same thing about uh who knew that out of the riot squad that she would that live would uh go on to be world champion i said the same thing about carmella you know when she was stuck in the back of of enzo and Cass, and, and now looking around at, yeah now looking <laughs> now she's the last woman standing i will say this my last live morgan point um as proud as i am of her but obviously nowhere near as proud as the rest of the world is apparently uh this was only because not to put a damper on any of this because rhea ripley is injured yeah that yeah, was and her you know what and you know what? Sometimes that's when wrestlers get a uh, deserve wrestlers that should be deserving that maybe are overlooked because somebody else is a little more deserving. That's mm-hmm. when you step in. So I'm gonna enjoy it while it lasts, folks. Yes. <laughs> because, but they have to enjoy it while it lasts. Because if Rhea was there, live I'm get live would not be champion now. At least Leaf Liz shouldn't be champion right now. But no, they have a perfect doubt that Liv has the belt now. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Rhea comes back, and there's your challenge because former tag team partners and all that. So, yep. yes, uh, yep. congratulations, y'all, y'all. So, <laughs> congratulations, Liv Morgan, and congratulations to Austin Austin Theory. Not calling him Theory. I know Vince hates first names or two names, a first and a last name. Um, but um, yes, it's cool. Stop it. Go home. Don't go to MMA shows. Go home. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to say congratulations to some guy named Bobby Lash. Yeah. Uh, winning the uh, United States Championship. Um, I'm really, 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 really hoping now that you have two strong, um, you have a strong face, powerhouse face as you know, U.S. champion and a powerhouse heel as their continental champions. Keep the belts on them for yes. a year. For God's sakes. Don't milk it. Because I, I, my, my fear, Dan, is they're going to come summer Survivor Series. They're going to put those two against each other. That does not need to happen. If you're going to do it, make it a WrestleMania thing or don't do it at all and just keep those guys individually as United, long reigning United States champion, long reigning inter, intercontinental champion, make the belts mean something again. Because if three months from now neither one of those guys is champion, you failed. And making any making those belts mean anything. And w- w- is this um, thirteen pay per views in a row that the intercontinental champion has not been featured? There be thirteen been, or fourteen, yeah. Yeah, has it been intercontinental? And I didn't realize until you pointed it out last week. Yeah. last episode because the belt means nothing unless do you have a wrestler that makes the belt mean something remember when the intercontinental championship was the main event at SummerSlam and it drew eighty-eight thousand people in wembley no i don't remember that you remember <laughs> when the intercontinental championship was the far and away the best match at wrestlemania 3 that main event at hogan and andre you do you remember when the uh, WrestleMania 10, when the Intercontinental Championship was fought for a, in a ladder match? Yeah. Sean Michael. You remember, you sound like Randall from Clerks the Animated Series. Yeah. Hey, remember when the. <laughs> or uh, Andy, uh, Joe Piscopo and Andy Rooney. Remember when. <laughs> I still, all respect to Joe Piscopo. He was only funny when he was with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, that was it. Sorry. No, he was, he was, uh, Eddie was his, he's Scotty Pippen. He needs Eddie with no Eddie. He's nothing. Is it every time something bad happens racially in this country, mm-hmm. the first thing I think about to make me happier and not explode on social media is, you know, where I'm going with this is, uh, Piscopo, Pis- is uh is Frank Sinatra and and Stevie and Wonder, Stevie Piscopo, Wonder. P- P- Piscopo and Eddie Murphy during their version of uh Ebony and Ivory. Ivory, I'm as blind as a bat. You're as blind as, as a bat, bat, and I have sight. sight. You be my line. amigo, Negro. Let's not Let's fight. fight. <laughs> and I go, well, maybe there's hope after all. Yes. Uh, I also want to shout out, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Not to take away from any of the money in the Mac victories, uh, the men's one I don't give a shit about. Um, the tag team match between the Usos and the Street Profits. Yeah. I, uh, I thought stole the show. 
on Saturday. I, I know would... how you feel about matches like that sometimes, but God damn, do I not want to see another one of those. And Dan, I uh, matches like that. I love a great tag team match on a premium and, for the titles. Yes. I, I love that. And the reason why they have great tag team matches, because there are only three tag teams in the WWE, the Usos, the Street Profits, and, and the New Day, and that's it. That's or before that, it was uh, RK-Bro. That's yeah. it. They only have three. So they work with each other so many effing times that, of course, they're going to steal the show at a main event. That's You know what, two. dude? I hear you, but that, that match was... That might have been my favorites of the series uh, of the matches between them. I don't know why it had the big match feel. And honestly, I forgot the match was coming. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this. Yeah, uh, this is fantastic. Do you hear the the the. Speaking of people that are getting, uh, you know, I, we were talking about Liv Morgan being my favorite uh, member of the riot squad and, you know, how I didn't think she would be destined for singles fame. But have you heard the groundswell of support for Montez Ford? Because I have. Beginning have. of the year, he weighed significantly less than he does now. Uh, but those those high, those flying body presses, the height he gets on them were RVD-like. And his drop kicks and his flying were just amazing. Now he's put on some muscle. He looks a little swole. And yesterday, uh, you saw his partner doing somersault planches and matching Bobby Lashley with the uh, the uh, sustained suplexes. Do you break this team up? No, no, no. Do what they did in the late nineties before they actually broke them up when Booker T was the tag team uh, was TV champ mm -hmm. and still tagging with his brother. God damn you! You can do that. You don't have to break a tag team up. For a singles title, C4 Horseman. <laughs> Stop it. Do not break that team up, especially the point that Craig just made that there's only three goddamn tag teams in the company. Yeah. Don't break them up for all that is holy. Holy Jesus. <laughs> do not break them up, please. Okay. No, you can do both. I This notion that WWE's been in for almost in almost the entirety of tw the last 20 years there's been a couple of um of of exceptions but this thing where well i must be a singles wrestler to say no 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 you don't stop it no you do not break them especially after and that's probably why they'll break them up especially after that last match they had together yeah. do not touch it they should follow the edge christian model edge and christian were a tag team for a long time, some would say longer than they should have, because you could see the superstar potential on the edge right away from the get go. But they stay together and had some tremendous tag team matches against tremendous tag teams for a good five year run. I was going to say for years. Yes. And headline pay-per-views, anything. And thankfully, those table ladders and chairs matches didn't shorten their careers the way they did the Hardys, maybe because they weren't taking the kind of bumps the Hardys were taking. But um, but Edge and Christian, I was going to say Edge and Christian won those matches, by the way, those those TLC matches, and they came out on top. Um, but when they did break them up, there was still enough 
Edge had still en- he was still young enough and he was still healthy enough to have a long and a great singles career. And even Christian too, to a lesser extent. But that was, you follow the Edge and Christian mold. Yes, perfect. You just uh, a little sidebar about the uh, about uh, the the TLC. Uh, Kelly was at that brawl right after that first TLC. Uh-huh. And was that like, a, uh, what's up, Amber? <laughs> <Was that to, laughs> trying to get stealing the show again. Here we go. It's like whenever, when in doubt, show pussy. Yeah. I get pussy between my legs, and we're gonna have a good show. Have a good show. You ever have a show with pussy between my legs? Good show. My legs. Good show. Um, there was an autograph signing. Uh huh. And they were very friendly. But you can see that with every sign, they're like, oh, you guys are great. That was awesome last night. Okay, thanks. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> there, is so, there is so much goddamn pain. Eight, oh, oh yeah. great. Thank you. Ow. Ow. <laughs> can someone bend my finger for me so I can, can somebody it? just move my hand in the motion of the word <laughs> edge, please. Thank you. Here. And an E. Yeah. Uh, um. That being said, unless there's something else you would like to mention, and it's time to move on, doing a little quickie this week, <laughs> to the wrestling historian. Quickie. Um, <laughs> on the kitchen table, baby. <laughs> Where my children play with their toys. Where my wife sleeps. Where the children play with their toys. Every time I watch that movie now, Steve Morrison's in my head. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> oh, my God. As every, time I watch I- Heat, every time I watch Heat, he goes, because she's got a great anus. I think of presence. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Funny stuff. Uh, Dan, I can't believe how much time we spent talking about the present, present day wrestling. Because it, it, it was fun. Imagine yeah. that fun. Imagine that. Vince, go home. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, also, uh, last you know, a quick nod uh, for um, anyone who saw Monday Night Raw. Uh, saw the uh, the Mysterios in their hometown of San Diego going against the Judgment Day team of uh, Finn Balor and uh, Damian Priest. Um, and <laughs> I just mentioned Edge earlier. Can you tell how much they're missing him now? Um, and the fact that you have this new great heel team. You're down a woman and they lose. Um, but the way they lost was a tremendous um tribute to Eddie Guerrero yes. in San Diego of all places. So uh I had to mention that um anytime I see that any tribute to, to Eddie and especially that one, um Finn getting the chair, Ray playing dead, referee seeing Finn with the chair, calls for the bell, great stuff. I interse- just to interject real quick since you brought it up. There is another example, and I know how you feel about Edge still wrestling in 2022. Mm-hmm. As a you're not you don't hate on Edge. It's just like there's other people that can have that spot. At the same time, there was no done zero zilch, not a reason to not have Finn Balor in that group with Edge. Is still Edge is one of the best. Faces and also one of the best heels that ever came down the entrance ramp, and you couldn't find a way to work that. Come on, 
Oh, that's annoying. And yes, it's hurting them. And I sure they'll write in a way to bring them back in soon because they're gonna go, Oh yeah, this sucks. Yeah. Well, and and my my reasoning being out because you know, uh Cody's out, Orton's out, they're lacking babyface, so we'll turn on Edge, even though we've just been booing him for the last three months. And just because he got attacked by a bunch of guys we don't we already don't like, we're he's automatically babyface now keep him in there and you got with Balor, Damian and Rhea, you got three legitimate talents. Damian and Rhea should be at the top of the heap and Edge is a person to get them there because outside of Heyman, this guy can talk up anybody. And what made Edge Edge is his he could talk, not only work and everything like that. But the fact that where he is now shouldn't be wrestling in 2022, but give the man a mic and he can get all three of those guys over, even a heel Finn Balor. He doesn't need to be on the mic. You get rid of Edge. Now, who's your spokesperson? Who am I going to listen to? Damien's got some some bass in his voice and he cuts a good promo, but he's no Edge. You know, Balor never Nobody was. is. Yeah, nobody is. So you keep him in the group and you have a stable, which you don't have right now so stupid this is stupid you're so stupid yeah it's a good idea except for one thing it's stupid <laughs> it's, it's stupidest <laughs> idea i ever heard <laughs> it's murder by death never gets old folks it's just <laughs> i forgot that movie existed and then we were watching Kelly and I were watching commercial videos and there's a trailer for it. I was like, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> and you just referenced it like three days later. That's creepy. <laughs> the golden age of, of Hollywood was the 70s because you can get a movie out of the blue starring 10 or 12 of the greatest actors all in one film. And it didn't matter. Murder by Death, Towering Inferno, The Side Adventure airplane cannonball everyone just cannonball run right everyone just came together and just get didn't have to worry about studios or salary or whatever we're doing this movie let's get every celebrity we can think of in there and we'll do it and it happened murder by death was a perfect example man david niven and alec guinness and maggie smith and peter sellers and uh Peter Falk and James Coco. I mean, how do you get all those people? Nancy Walker. Oh, my God. Yeah, I just was... one more question. Yeah. yeah, yeah just one more thing. Yeah. And just one. I mean, just, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> and I have one more thing. Hey, sorry. Sorry. Hey, why don't you fall in love with a Chinese kid? Sorry, Slanny. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ah, uh, the good old days. Anyway, that was a joke, folks. That was a joke, folks. Yeah. Speaking of going back in a time when things were kind of crappier, but kind of uh, other things were better, but still kind of crappy. Craig. Dan, I'm going to take that excellent segue that you just gave me because um, we're going to talk about things that were OK and also kind of crappy. Mm. And this particular week in professional wrestling history, we've gone on about can how call great him or can I call him? You can call it, man. You always <laughs> can call it. Um, and I'm going to call it right now because even though we've enjoyed our time talking about present day professional wrestling, 
back in the day, things were not as good. Sometimes even some were even better than it seemed. But we're going to go back to a week in professional wrestling history. This week in professional wrestling, we're going to see some very high highs and very low lows. Uh, it's a very amazing week, and it has far-reaching ramifications in the sport of professional wrestling. Note, I didn't say sports entertainment. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the wrestling historian. Uh, we're going to start with the in the month of July, the very first day in the very in the seventh month of July. And this happened in this week in pro wrestling history. Uh, July 1st, 1986, Dan, the very first Great American Bash. In the van, the Great American Bash tour kicked off July 1st, 1986, right here. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The now long gone veteran stadium was the host of the very first Great American Bash, July 1st, 1986. Uh, Dusty Rhodes and Road Warrior Animal took on a team of Ole and Arn Anderson. Uh, the very first match in the best of seven series for the United States Heavyweight Championship between Nikita Koloff and Magnum TA. In Fall one went to Nikita Koloff with a devastating Russian sickle that had Magnum laying on the canvas for more than a minute after the match was over, and Nikita went up one nothing. Nikita would take a three nothing lead, but that's for another historian at another time. And the main event, because I I noticed I said Dusty Rose and Road, and Road Warrior Animal teamed up. Where was Hawk? Hawk, the other half of the Road Warriors, was going up against the NWA Heavyweight Champion. Rick Flair. Yeah. Uh, and I remember Animal's promo going into this. And Hawkey goes, I'm taking it to town with you, punk. It's only at night. It's only right that we do it at night. Rick Flair, I'm coming for you. And the Animal grabbed the microphone. Yeah. And Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, you stick your nose in my brother's match. I'll break your sticking face. And Rick Flair, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. For nothing. And Paul Ellering goes, nothing, Flair. Nothing. Promo. So, um, uh. <laughs> and Ric Flair would defend the NWA championship on every single bash show that year in 1986. But the first one had 25,000 at a veteran stadium for the very first Great American Bash, night, July 1st, 1986. I have been to many, many sporting events at Veteran Stadium. Mm -hmm. Even in the winter, it was hot there. Yeah. Not really, but <laughs> yeah. you get my, you, sir, get, understand my point. I can understand. I cannot imagine a world where I would go watch a wrestling show at Veteran Stadium in the mid-80s. The setting for dirty for sweaty ball sack, like yeah. oh god, oh god, and you got twenty one thousand there at that big big ass goofy looking stadium. Yes, and it's our goofy looking stadium. It's our goofy Nobody else say stadium. a fucking word. Yes, wow. um, <laughs> insane, insane. It was indeed uh, best nachos ever, though. The once that stadium went down, the best nachos in Philly, uh, Philly sporting venues went away, in my opinion. Oh, and yeah, many would echo that opinion, Dan. Um, because it is the correct <laughs> uh, wrestling uh, 
the uh, ring was set up on second base and um, had uh, about 300 on the floor. This picture. But uh, yeah, very first Great American Bash, July 1st, 1986. Exactly five years later, Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> July 1st, 1991. I wonder what this is going to be. <laughs> The NWA champion, well, now the WCW heavyweight champion, Ric Flair, uh, is fired by WCW after signing with the WWF. Exactly. What did you and I discover this, this weekend? We discovered something else, uh, the, the ramifications that happened after this. So that was July, this is July 1st yeah. that Ric Flair was fired from WCW for signing with the WWF. It was July 1st. Um, and July 2nd, uh, 1991, he was, it was announced that Ric Flair was officially fired from WCW. Uh, and because in eight days, he was set to defend the WCW Heavyweight Championship against Lex Luger at the Great American Bash. Um, and in the during the contract negotiations, Flair wanted a new contract before the bout. Uh, Jim Hurd, executive president at the time, um, wanted Flair to drop the belt to Lex Luger. Uh, Flair wanted a new contract first. Um, and Flair, as a compromise, would agree to drop the belt to Barry Windham his longtime friend and the person he always thought should have been NWA champion all because Flair had always been a fan of Wyndham to this day, Flair calls the uh, four horsemen organization with Barry Wyndham, the best of all the horsemen iterations. So he was, that's Ric Flair saying hard to argue that, but yeah, it was the first time that all four of them were champions. They were never champions right. at all at any other point with the, uh, any other four, formation of the four horsemen um but that's highly what, disagree but okay <laughs> but in his negotiations flair didn't want to drop it to luger but he would agree to drop it to barry windham her didn't want that um and also didn't want to give flair a new contract before he signed uh and because of that her changed his mind and stripped rick flair of the wcw heavyweight championship Problem is, he did all this stripping of Ric Flair while Ric Flair still had physical possession of the belt. One of my favorite wrestling stories ever. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's, and <laughs> we'll get into the story later, but Flair had a $25,000 deposit on the belt, which is what the NWA champion, the WCW champion, had to put up up with when for having the belt and so that was in limbo so that was july 2nd <laughs> 1991 <laughs> mm-hmm. uh the ramifications of that um would be felt at exactly 10 years later dan because on july 2nd 2001 uh that was the date of the first wcw match on WWE oh. television. 
to July 2nd, 2001 was Booker T versus Buff Bagwell on Raw. But that's one we can forget. <laughs> yeah, the less said about that, the better. Uh, everything was bad about that. The match booking, uh, the announced team. All due respect to Scott Hudson. No. Yeah. No. Anyway, the logo is probably the best WCW logo they ever had. Oh, yeah. Uh, but not probably. Let me rephrase that. It was the best WCW logo they ever had. Uh, but uh, it, alas, it is no longer an issue. Yes, it is gone. Uh, so July 1st, Ric Flair is um, signed with WWF. Uh, July 2nd, 1991, Ric Flair is fired from WCW um, and uh, is stripped of the belt. July 3rd, where it gets interesting, July 3rd, 1991, in the Meadowlands. Uh, where Ric Flair is scheduled to uh, defend his uh, his belt leading up to the Great American Bash. Instead, at the top of the card, Gary Michael Kapetsky. Sorry, Gary Michael Capetta. I was going to say, who the fuck is Kapetsky? That's what, that's what Jesse Ventura always called him. Gary oh, Michael, I got it. Gary Michael Kapetsky. I forgot. I, did, I didn't remember that. But Gary Michael Capetta and makes a formal announcement about Ric Flair's firing before the start of the WCW card, something that had never been done uh, before, that a wrestler was uh, announced, where a wrestler was announced as no longer being in the company uh, or as being fired. And this was on Jim Hurd's um, say-so, that he was told uh, by Gary to tell the fans that Ric Flair does not wrestle here anymore. And it was there to get Gary Michael Capetta also announced that uh, the Great American Bash pay-per-view, the title match, will be Lex Luger going up against Barry Windham for the WCW Heavyweight Championship. Now, Dan, and you and I saw the footage for the first time. I didn't even know it existed. Uh, we saw it earlier this week. Uh, I knew it had happened, but I had never seen it. And we, uh, we saw it heard the announcement and heard the the reaction from the crowd. But uh, under orders from Jim Hurd, Gary Michael Capetta was told to announce that Ric Flair had been fired, was no longer in the WCW, and if fans wanted a refund, that they could. So that was July 3rd. This is the first three days of July in 1991. And like I said... Got interesting, huh? Yeah, it got a little interesting. Um... And also on this date, Dan, like I said, this week in pro wrestling history is crazy with stuff that happened, not just in WCW in 1991, but July 3rd, that same date in 2006 was the day that the current reigning WWE heavyweight champion was arrested with his partner and driving partner, Sabu, in Huntington, West Virginia going to a raw taping right here in Philadelphia. July 3rd, 2006, Rob Van Dam was arrested. And Rob Van Dam and Sabu, and Sabu were arrested. So, again, crazy. Who knew? Who knew? But I always thought that had that not occurred, Rob would have had a longer run as champion and wouldn't be subsequently buried uh, and set on fire by Kane. Um, after yeah. his run was over, 
Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's like saying if the Nationals had a good baseball team, they wouldn't be losing 9 nothing. <laughs> at time of this recording. At, at, at time of this recording. Uh, and now for, we get to 4th of July. 4th of July uh, in wrestling history um, is really uh, not that much to celebrate in terms of uh, pro wrestling. Go figure. In July 4th, not being a date that you would celebrate. Well, July 4th, some really messed up stuff happened um uh july 4th 1982 in the omni in atlanta this will be the last time there would be a super bowl of wrestling between the nwa champion and the wwf champion rick flair would go to a double count out the rick flair the nwa champion 1982 would go to a double count out with a wwf heavyweight champion bob Backlund. And that would be the last time that the WWF and NWA champions would wrestle each other. It had happened four times before that, involving uh, Bob Backlund and Harley Race, uh, once in Missouri, once in Madison Square Garden. And uh, superstar Billy Graham would wrestle Harley Race in the Orange Bowl on January 25th, 1978. But uh, 1982 would be the last time it happened. And we're stars from the WWF would wrestle on an NWA card. So you got to see the uh, national tag team champions, the Freebirds, going against the number one contenders to the WWF tag team championship, the Samoans, Afa and Sika. And uh, Jimmy Snuka, who was a top star in the WWF, went up against his top star in the NWA, Paul Orndorff. And make it even better that Paul Orndorff and Jimmy Snooker were former NWA tag team champions. But all this took place in July, on 4th of July, 1982, in the Omni. Um, also, five years later, uh, July, 4th of July, 1987, the Great American Bash, uh, that would be the debut, the first time ever, 35 years ago was the first ever war games the match beyond the brainchild of dusty Rhodes, and involved the uh the four horsemen and jj dilling going up against the road warriors nikita koloff paul ellering and dusty Rhodes. uh and that first one uh was also the one that caused the most damage uh jj dillon separated his shoulder and uh, was out, and Nikita Koloff took a spike pile driver wrong and compressed the three vertebrae in his neck. And uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, first one, great success, and it's still copied to this day, uh, even though not as good as AEW. But uh, 35 years yep. ago, uh, with the very first war games, the match beyond uh, 1987, back in the Omni. Five years after the last Super Bowl. Uh, here's where it gets bad. July, where July 4th is not a good day in wrestling history. Uh, July 4th, 1988 was the uh, the death of Adrian Adonis in uh. a uh, freak car accident that also claimed the life of Pat and Mike Kelly. Uh, they were all in a car in New Finland and they swerved to avoid a deer in the road and the car went off the uh with all with five people in the uh in the car and all four of them would die except for the driver and uh, the kelly twins were both gone and adrian adonis 
Also, 4th of July, 1990, Brutus Beefcake suffered severe facial injuries from the parasailing accident. Uh, crushed his nose, his jaw would be wired shut, eight steel plates, 40 screws, and over 100 staples were surgically inserted into his face to put it back together again. Um, and that was before uh, he had an intercontinental match at SummerSlam that had to be postponed um, indefinitely. Uh, but that was Brutus Beefcake. Uh, 1991, that was when uh, George Saharian, Dr. George Saharian, was found guilty of 12 counts of, uh, on 12 counts, four counts of selling steroids, four counts of selling controlled substances, and four counts for selling steroids without medical purpose. That all happened on uh, 19, that was 1991. And uh, July 4th, 1994, another car accident claimed another uh, great um, in the world of wrestling was also the death of the son of Gorilla Monsoon, Joey Gorilla. Oh, Morella, yeah. Uh, passed away in a car accident in a, in a car that downtown Bruno was also in. Um, and that pretty much ended his wrestling career as well, his manager career at least. But yeah, Fourth um, of July, um, not good. Uh, lost, uh, lost some good people that day. I'm okay if we never do Fourth of July as a general rule ever again. Well, you know what? Next year we'll just focus on uh, Lex Luger slamming Yogazun on the deck of the Intrepid. All right, that'll do. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Start the Lex Express. Uh, July fifth, nineteen eighty six. This is the same Great American Bash that started it all, nineteen eighty six. But this was a loaded card in Charlotte. Memorial Stadium because they were doing all stadiums for the Great American Bash tour, and this uh, show was loaded with uh, every type of gimmick and um, championship you could think of. Uh, Manny Fernandez defeated Baron Von Raschke in a bunkhouse match. Wahoo McDaniel defeated Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin in an Indian Strap match. Ronnie Garvin defeated Tully Blanchard in a tape fist match. Uh, the Road Warriors defeated Ivan and Nikita Koloff in a double Russian chain match. Uh, Jimmy Valiant defeated Pez Wally in a hair versus hair match. Uh, Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA, and Babydoll defeated the Midnight Express and Jim Cornette in a cage. Good. And uh, they kept the cage up because the main event was uh, Hart Rick Ricky Morton, one half of the Rock and Roll Express going against the NWA champion, Ric Flair. And this is about where Ric Flair would make his entrance in a helicopter. Yes. Nice. One of the great entrances in wrestling history. Uh, which brings us to today in wrestling history. I thought I had a helicopter uh, sound effect. I don't. That's okay. That. It's very sad. Very it's very, sad. It's very, very sad. Very it's sad. Very sad. Very sad people. So <laughs> many sad people. Um, and I sit corrected. I was saying 1986 was the first Great American Bash. Uh, the first Great American Bash was in 1985. 
And yeah, but were, we'll say 1986, so we could say Philly. So I could say Philly. The first, yeah. the, the first tour of Philly was in July 1st, 1986. The first yeah. stop on the first Great American Bash tour, but the first ever Great American Bash took place today, July 6th, 1985, again in Charlotte Memorial Stadium. Uh, Twenty-five thousand on hand for that very first Great American Bash. Um, United States champion Magnum TA defeated Kamala with a belly-to-belly suplex. Uh, the first meeting ever between the NWA Tag Team Champions, Ivan and Nikita Koloff, against the AWA Tag Team Champions, the Road Warriors, took place at the Great American Bash. And Nikita Koloff went up against the NWA champion, Ric Flair. Uh, and that was 25,000 people there. Flair didn't come in a helicopter. That would be a year later. But that was the very first Great American Bash, uh, July 6, 1985. But 437 miles to the north, Dan, on that same date in Baltimore, Maryland, right Uh-oh. up the right up 95. Greg Valentine would lose the Intercontinental Championship to Chico Santana. <laughs> uh, that would be the first time the Intercontinental title would change hands in a cage. Wow. July 6, 1985. So NWA and WWF had big, had big nights that night. And speaking of big nights, the biggest night in WCW history occurred on this date, Dan, today. In 1998, uh, the largest crowd in WCW history packed the Georgia Dome. 41,412 got to see a WCW heavyweight championship match between defending champion Hulk Hogan. He would lose the belt to an undefeated Bill Goldberg. And the largest crowd in WCW history, 41,412 people in the Georgia Dome. And we all got to see it for free. For free. For free. (sighs) On Monday Nitro. On Monday Nitro. Announced on Thunder the four days before. Yes. This is we plan. we, We planned for this. Yes. And that bout on Monday Nitro that they gave away for free did a 4.93 on TNT. But just think think of the pay-per-view number, though. What could have been? Imagine that pay-per-view number. You, uh, because going into the Nitro, you were sure that that's it. They're giving the belt to Goldberg. Goldberg's going to have the belt. You were sure that Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, the annoying little bugger who has been coming out talking for hours upon hours every goddamn Nitro, you were sure this is it. He's going to finally lose. He's going to be against the guy that's undefeated. And they didn't even do it on pay-per-view. That would have made, that's July. Man, that would have made Bash to the Beach, but no, we had to have DDP and Carl Malone versus the Worm and Hogan. 
Surely that's more money worth more money. That's a pay-per-view match. Yeah, and have mm. and have your world champion on a lower match behind. That wouldn't be the yes. main event. Yes, well, but at least we got Kevin Green. Rest in peace. Thank God. R.I.P. KG. Um, and then we talked about, we started this wrestling historian segment talking about Ric Flair uh, signing with the WWF and leaving WCW uh, and the week that um, he had uh, negotiations went bad, Jim Hurd, and the $25,000 bond he had with the belt. Now, we can talk about it in future um, wrestling historians because we've said it many times on this uh why rick flair ended up holding the belt um because rick flair wouldn't uh wrestle again until september of that same year 1991 do, do you want to talk, talk about because i know how much you love the story about how jim heard wanting to get the belt back from rick it's the phone it's the phone call he tells him over the phone he calls jim calls rick he goes I'm taking the belt back. I'm sending over Doug Dillinger to pick it up. And Rick's reply is, I own it, dipshit. <laughs> it's mine. That's it. I, you want to give me my money back? No, give me the belt. Man. So that cuts to months later. The first. Vince likes to go, well, I couldn't let him. That's why I had to take the belt off Brett. The first example. Of a company taking another belt and putting it on their television in an act of war was Bobby Heenan introducing the real world's heavyweight champion, uh, Ric Flair, and him coming out on on, in, on WWF TV talking about how he's running the show now. But it's that phone call that makes me laugh. At Jim Hurd, Pizza Hut guy, like I'm, I'm giving, I'm taking the belt back. <laughs> no, no, that's not how it works. It, it. it in all in all counts and, and technicalities, yeah. this is mine. This is mine right now. Yes. And that's because Jim Hearn didn't know how to run a wrestling company. No, and, we did. Uh, exhibit B, the ding and the dongs. The ding yes. dongs. The ding. The ding and, and the dong. The the we call this one ding, we call this one dong. Thank you, Jim Ross. Yes. Ah, not his from, fault. No, from Belleville. Wah, wah, waka waka. Who were the ding dongs? Do we know? I I believe one was George South. I don't remember who the other one was. Yeah, not that it needs to any further um, explanation that they yeah. had to debut on a paper on a on a clash of champions. Um, but thankfully, never saw them again. But yes. Oh, it was the Rock and Roll Rebels. It was. Yeah, according okay. to this. Okay. Yeah, Greg Evans and Rich uh, Richard Sarden. Okay. And we're, let's talk about that. The better. Yes. Moving on. Moving on. Um, but yeah, this week and that was this week in professional wrestling history. And the first week in July was very tumultuous to say the least. Um, we lost so many great people. Uh, upheavals are still being felt. Um, you know the the. The Ric Flair, what if the what ifs are staggering? If what if Ric Flair could have come to a, some sort of agreement with Jim Hurd, or yeah. if if Jim Hurd had come had let Ric Flair, your 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 the biggest money guy you have there, um, 
have him drop the belt to Barry Windham, give him a new contract, and give him whatever he wants. Um, what direction would the would WCW have gone in that respect? And uh, turns out Barry Windham still didn't get the belt. For Heard was enamored with Lex Luger, which is why he wanted Flair to drop the belt to Luger in the first place. And um, and we are where we are now. Yeah, but in that case, Flair would never have gone to the WWF, or he might not have gone until maybe years later when he finally did go for good. Ah, The world may never know. The world may never know. But uh, because Jim Hurt is a dick and he ran out so many great talents, um, Ric Flair would soon debut for the first time in the WWF three months later. And that is a wrestling historian for another time. But in the meantime, in between time, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Craig Ligon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. Follow me on Twitter at Daniel83, the HIAC Talk Radio Network. On your podcast app, type in HIAC Talk Radio Network. Subscribe, follow, like. All those things. Listen, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your neighbors, tell your lovers, tell your mistresses. Listen to the HIAC Talk Radio Network. Good night, everyone. Bye. Keep it on the paper. <laughs>